This is Annie Grace, and you're listening to this Naked Mind podcast, where without judgment, pain, or rules, we explore the role of alcohol in our lives and culture. This is Annie Grace, and welcome to this Naked Mind podcast, and I'm here with Melissa. Hi, Melissa. Hi, Annie. Good, thank you. Yeah, good to have you on. So... Why don't you kind of back up to the beginning and tell us where everything started for for you? Okay, back up at the beginning. Um, I guess for me, uh, alcohol really didn't play a part in my life at all until I was about 17. And then it kind of started getting on my radar. Um, Because I'm from Australia, when we turn 18, everyone can drink and it's a massive thing. Um, But growing up, alcohol wasn't in my home. My parents didn't drink. Um, my dad, before I was born, I was born when he was 48. And before I was born, he, from all accounts, he drank a, a bit or regularly, um, but just beer and he was a happy, happy drunk and nothing really bad. Um, but after speaking to him over the years, I've heard about his terrible hangovers and, you know, drinking after work and drinking at lunchtime and all that sort of stuff. But never a problem drinker but yeah I missed all that so when I grew up he didn't drink at all um and yeah I think the first time I ever saw a drunk person was at a friend's house and her parents came home drunk but I didn't know they were drunk I was like what's wrong with these people um and yeah I realized that they were drunk and that was the first time I'd ever seen an adult drunk and it was a bit scary because I just you know they were they were just not acting themselves but anyway um so yeah, when turned 17, started going to parties with friends and we um, would buy some, we'd get a friend's mum to buy some alcohol, just a little like a hip flask, maybe like a 200 ml bottle. And we'd tell the mum it was for like the whole party, but we'd end up having it and, but not a lot. And we just get tipsy and that was really about it. Um, and everything kind of progressed from there. So once I turned 18, it was kind of like, okay, now I can drink. Um, but I had really, I had really no idea how powerful alcohol was. I really had no idea much about it. It was just something that was fun. And now that we were 18 and adults that we could just drink. So that's what we did. Um, I think back probably to the first time maybe I ever blacked out um, was when I went to a friend's party and my boyfriend at the time, one of his older friends, bought this Polish vodka Um, and I think it was actually I think I said 40% proof I think it was like 80% proof it was this stuff was like rocket fuel but I had no idea that that's what it wasn't meant to be like so we just drank that and I'm pretty sure well that night I know I lost some of my memory Um, and that was probably the first time I got seriously drunk and was ill and was hungover and everything like that but that did not deter me I continued on (laughs) a long time and um in my 20s that's how we partied we would we would go out we never went out to say we're going to get completely trashed but that's always what would happen um and it kind of happened without meaning to you just kind of went out and you drink and before you knew it was 4am you know what had happened for half the night and it just yeah it was really messy Mm -hmm. But looking back, my 20s, I did feel like a lot of fun, 
but there was a lot of excessive drinking because everyone was doing it and it was the norm. No one really said anything. It was, you know, you'd call up the next day, you'd laugh at the stories. Um, you'd recover after, when I was that young, I'd probably recover the next day and then you'd just kind of move on for the next weekend. Um, but what was happening, I don't think I realised that alcohol was kind of weaving itself into the whole fabric of my life um, and mainly the socialising things. So for me, I never drank at home on my own. Um, I'm not, I, I don't have a bottle of wine in the fridge to have with dinner. Um, so I never drank alone, which I guess for me, I feel like I'm lucky because I didn't enjoy that. That's not where I got my enjoyment from. I got my enjoyment from going out um, and socialising with people and drinking in that sense. Um, but it just got to the point where everything involved alcohol. So just going out to dinner with friends, going to the movies, weddings, engagements, baby showers, just, it was everywhere. Mm -hmm. um, and looking back, I think I got to the point I'd get invited to stuff and rather than being like, I get to go to a friend's wedding or I get to go to a birthday, I'm like, I can drink. Oh, great. Um, and I, that was a really subtle shift for, with me, which I didn't realise until a little while ago when I started really thinking about it. Um, but I guess through all of this and through the fun of my 20s, in the back of my mind, I always knew that there was something not right with me and alcohol. Um, I, uh, I don't think, I think I, I don't think I drank different to everyone else. I think it affected me. I think it affected me differently or it affected me in a way that um, upset me because when I got too drunk, I lost control of what I was doing, what I was saying. Um, and that, that is such a horrible feeling. Like probably the worst things that people can say to me after a night of drinking is, do you remember what you said last night? Or do you remember what you did last night? Because usually it would be no, and they could say anything and I would just have no memory. Um, usually of the last three hours of the night. And not like I did anything horrendously bad, but just saying stuff that I would never usually say or behaving in a way I'd never usually would and would want to. And it would just cause me a lot of shame and anxiety. But I put up with that shame and anxiety for a long time because I just didn't feel like I couldn't drink. It just didn't seem like an option not to be able to drink. Um, hopefully this is all making sense it's kind yeah. of all just coming out no that's perfect and I, I just really relate I mean it didn't even feel like that would be possible so no no so um, I'm currently single when I was drinking if I had a partner and they didn't drink I didn't seem to drink as much or I seemed to keep more of a lid on it but when I was single it was kind of like oh well I'm just going out. It's just me. I can just, you know, no one's going to be like, Hey, you got too drunk. So I kind of just go for it. Um, and when I was 35, I made a considered effort to change my drinking um, behavior. Um, and I guess the thing with drinking in, in Australia, it's hard to have conversations with people about it because everyone drinks like out of my friends, I know, one person that doesn't drink and when I first met her I was like oh what do, you, what do you mean she doesn't drink why and it now I don't think like that but initially it was like what's wrong because everyone really does drink 
well, I guess the people in my social circle do drink. Um, so it was hard to talk about things like this with them because they were essentially doing the same thing and still enjoying it. But when I was 35, so five years ago, I made a considered effort to change my ways. And I just wanted to moderate because I didn't want to stop drinking because the fear, I, th I had a lot of fear around stopping drinking because I couldn't imagine my life without alcohol. I'd never have fun again. I wouldn't have any friends. I had all these things running around in my head. So I went and saw a psychologist for about three months and we worked on moderation, but it really was never on the cards to stop. I mean, I thought I'll stop for three months and I'll see how that goes, but I'd get a week in, two weeks in, and it was just too hard. I just couldn't, I'd be like, oh, there's an event coming up, I'll just drink there and I'll just moderate. Um, and moderation worked for, I guess it worked for a little bit, but it just took so much effort. There was just so much thought behind it and I would go out and I didn't even feel like I could relax because I'm like, I can only have this many drinks. Okay, now I've had this many drinks, but I want another one. What should I do? And all this was going on in my mind while I was trying to be out socialising. And I think my mistake was my moderation. I said I'd have no more than four drinks. But when I have four, by the time I've had a fourth drink, I'm not really myself anymore. I'm kind of drunk Melissa and drunk Melissa just will keep on drinking. <laughs> Why would we stop now? So every, moderation did work on some occasions, but there was always an occasion when I wouldn't be expecting it where I'd have probably eight to 10 drinks and I'd have a memory loss and I'd wake up feeling horrendous. So um, with moderation, I could never guarantee that I wouldn't drink to excess. So um, after about a year, I kind of gave up on that. I kind of was like, I feel like I'm fixed now. And I just continued on my merry way. Um, and as I got older, like me and my friends, we don't go out just for no reason anymore. So if we're going out, it's for a purpose. So those socialising aspects kind of lessened. But I've discovered there's always people that you can go out with. There's work colleagues, there's you know, friends who do just want to go out because they, you know, might want to get away from the kids or whatever it is. So there's always people you can find to party. My friends who like to drink would love to go out with me because often I was single and I could go out and I, you know, like to drink as well. So um, it's not like I didn't have anyone to go out with. So I kept going out and maybe from about, th oh, probably from about 37 till 39 and a half or so, um, maybe went out once or twice a month, maybe got too drunk, maybe once a month. Um, and too drunk, usually to the point where I would lose, have a memory loss by the end of the night. And I think after all these years, I, I feel like I had trained myself that if I did black out, I wouldn't say anything, I would, I'd kind of go quiet, I wouldn't say anything ridiculous, I wouldn't do anything ridiculous, but that wasn't always the case. So sometimes, you know, stuff would happen that I didn't want to and I'd have to deal with the after effects of that. Um, and the older I got, the more the shame increased, the anxiety, and sometimes it'd stay, you know, for a week or so. And if I went out and had a really beautiful night with my friends and um, I drank too much and I couldn't remember the last three hours of the night, it ruined the entire night. Like, it didn't just ruin the last three hours, it ruined everything 
um, and it turned it into an event that I just never wanted to think about again and I wanted to forget. I didn't want to see photos. So it really had a massive impact on stuff like that. Um, and a couple of years ago, I had a big life career change. I was had been working in the same job for about 14 or 15 years and I was kind of like, I'm either going to be here for 30 years or I'm going to make a change. So I did some work and I worked out that I wanted to um, go back to university or college, I guess you call it, or no, University in America. Um, and I'm studying to be a primary school teacher and elementary teacher. So gone back, mature age student. And I think somewhere in my mind, I thought oh, if I make a change here, maybe that'll help the whole alcohol situation. Maybe, you know, this big shift might change that. Um, and maybe it did, well, actually, no, it didn't. It kind of just followed me along. It kind of um, just popped up again. And it was just, I was continuing to have these incidents where I'd drink too much and wouldn't remember and just, you know, have a horrible next five to seven days after that. Um, and so about, so I haven't drank now for nearly nine months. Um, and what was I going to say? Sorry. I haven't drank now for about nearly nine months. Um, and the reason why I stopped, it's personally, I feel like it, it's, it was a really bizarre thing. It was just, I had my final night out where I drank too much and I literally couldn't remember the last three hours of the night. And, the next day I had to work out from my Uber receipts, how I got home and what time and all that sort of stuff. Um, and it was with people that who I knew, but I didn't knew really, didn't know really well. So, you know, they had no onus kind of to take care of me, which is totally fine because, you know, I'm an adult. I shouldn't need someone to take care of, but I just, after this night, it was like, and this is the last night in a few bad nights that I'd had. It was like something inside had shifted. It was like, I don't know, a switch was flicked or something. And I just knew that I couldn't drink anymore. Um, because I was personally scared that firstly, I'm like, well, I'm 40. I don't feel like I should be behaving in this way. I don't want to behave in this way anymore. This is not who I am. And I felt like if this continued to happen, that there was a possibility that one day I'd black out and I wouldn't wake up because who knows what could happen to me or I'd wake up and something horrendous had happened that I'd done and I would completely change my life in a way that I could never get it back to how it was. And so I was just like, I can't drink anymore. But there was also an element of, I don't want to drink anymore. I'm like, you know, I'm done. I'm that's it. I'm done. Um, and I think it was at that point that I discovered your book um, and I started reading that and it was just like all the stars aligned and I was like, I can, this is something that I'm going to do and see how it all goes. Um, and so far it's been really, really amazing. Like probably one of the, the best things, the best decisions I've ever made in my entire life. <laughs> Which even to hear me say that, it makes me feel surprised because two years ago, if you would have said I wouldn't be drinking anymore, I'd say you're talking to the wrong person. That's just not possible. No, so, 
yes, it's been quite a journey. So great. So um, I think the best thing is just not feeling like you want it anymore. Yes. Yeah, that is quite an amazing feeling. And, you know, I remember going out and having a glass of wine with dinner and I'm like, oh, that's nice. And, you know, going to whatever event was and having a drink. But I literally do not feel like I want to do that anymore. I want to go to all those events and I want to be with my friends and I want to socialise and dance and everything. But I'm just happy not to drink at all. Um, I think it causes more angst for the people who are there because I think when they find out I'm not drinking, in their mind it's like, oh, well, she's not going to have a good time or we can't have fun. But it's, it's just not like that at all. Um, and in the beginning I did go to events and I did, when I say I pretended I was drinking, I just would get a soda water and lime and people would assume there was vodka in it. And, you know, I didn't say anything different. So they all thought I was drinking, so they didn't think anything of it. Um, and no one would have known any different. But it's like when people do find out you're not drinking, it kind of puts them in that mindset, oh, no fun and, you know, you've got a drink and all that sort of stuff. So um, that's been interesting to deal with as well. Um, and I guess also one thing I wanted to say is, when I would get so drunk, I would black out. I know it doesn't happen to everyone. I wish it wouldn't happen to me, but it, I guess if it didn't happen to me, I may still be drinking, which I don't really want to do. But when I'm in that state, it's like, um, so I can't remember anything. It's just like a blackness. And it's like, it does feel like the alcohol has stripped me of everything, everything that I am like my personality, that I'm kind, caring, and it's just really stripped me down to this, I don't know, it feels like this kind of animalistic kind of state, a person that I just don't know. And, well, I'd wake up in the morning and I'd have that feeling that that person was there last night. It was just, it was really horrible because I'm like, that's not me. Like, I don't want, that isn't me, and I don't want people to see me in that state thinking that is me. So that was another big thing of why I wanted to stop as well. Yeah, that's, uh, I can, yeah, it's like you, someone else comes out and it's, I, I, I had like gray outs, I think, where it was not huge chunks of time, but yep. not all there. So, yes. you know, where it was kind of like, and I remember just sitting there and it was so frustrating because it wasn't totally gone. So I'd be like, no, there's something, there's something. I remember a little something and I'd be trying to sit there like piece together. Like what, what did I say? I remember somebody being, did I, did I say, and, and I could never quite piece it together. Oh yes. gosh, it's such a horrible feeling to feel like you're not in control or that you're not really present in your own body it's it's weird how that can feel just so bad yes and it's like you're making decisions but you're not really making them anymore because you don't have any really conscious control over it it's really bizarre and sometimes I'd wake up and similar to you I'd have this feeling I'm like I think something happened last night but I'm not 
entirely sure. And I didn't want to ask anyone because I didn't really want to find out <laughs> because that was even too much to deal with. Yeah. So, you know, I kind I, I avoided those conversations of like, how did last night end? And did you see me say anything or do anything? Cause I, I that was more than I could deal with. Right. That, On that top of the hangover cool. and yeah. And then I don't know if you had this experience, but I had um, the experience that it would start coming back to me in piecemeal kind of throughout the rest of the day a little bit. So it was like, I'd kind of like spend, you know, 20 minutes in bed, just like anxious, pit in my stomach, trying to piece it all together. Then I'd get up, I'd like somehow talk myself into a, a better state of being where I could get up and do, get showered, get ready. And then I'd be like, you know, commuting to work or whatever, and something else would come back. And I just have this whole like anxiety just drop again, just this like, oh gosh, oh my gosh. And then I'd have to sit with that and, you know, because it wouldn't all come back. It would just be probably the most emotional or poignant moment just to point me to the fact that something was there that wasn't good, that didn't sit right with me, something that I said. And for me, it was usually gossipy. Like it was like, what did I say about that person in front of that person? Well, will that get told? Well, like, because it was such a, I was in such a gossipy political kind of career and it was mostly, oh, it was just awful. I know I can kind of feel that feeling a little, the memory of that feeling now, because it is, it is awful. Um, For me, sometimes it would be like, the last time it happened, I got a friend from a text, uh, sorry, a text from a friend. And they were like, because they were out with me on my last night I was drinking, they went home early, they tried to take me home. But of course, I was like, Oh, no, no, I'm fine. I'm staying. And uh, I get a text from her on Monday morning. And she's like, Melissa, you didn't tell me you fell asleep at the bar. And I was like, oh, good Lord, what? And that sent me in a spiral for about a week, like just stuff like that. It was just, yeah. I totally fallen asleep at the bar. Oh, my goodness. Horrible, horrible. Uh, Laughing, but not laughing. I know, that's it. Like, it's funny, whatever happens with all these stories, as long as they're not, you know, too bad, when you retell them, they eventually, you know, people laugh and they do become on one level, they are funny, but they're not really, not when it's about you and it's your life. And when you think in the great context, you know, no, it's probably not funny that, you know, I don't remember. It's not funny how I don't remember how I got home or that I got kicked out of the Uber because I vomited on my own stuff like that. But yes, funny, but not funny. <laughs> yeah, funny, but not funny. And um, yeah, it's just like those, I think the funny is how we deal with the not funny almost, you know, like we make it funny almost to try to handle the fact that it's so not funny. Yes. And I think <laughs> by making it funny, it allows you to go out and do it again because it's like, oh, you know, that was that time it was funny. and then yeah, it kind of gives you permission, okay, it's okay to go do it again. It's a big defense mechanism. Yes. We're all being pardoned to just all help each other and not feel so crappy. (laughs) Yes, yes. And I was very good at it for a long time. (laughs) Me too. I saw an article today, it was in the USA Today, and it was really 
really sad. Um, the headline is basically that, uh, oh gosh, it was, let me just read it exactly. It was, they were young, they thought they had time, then they nearly died of liver disease. And it's um, oh. all of these counts of, of really young people who didn't think they even had a problem. And then yes. their body just couldn't handle the alcohol and it almost killed all of these counts. And it, and it, it just goes, the article just goes on and on. Um, and it's just one of these things that it, it got me thinking like, we're just doing ourselves such a disservice by imagining that alcohol isn't harmful to humans and is only harmful to people who we have, you know, who, who are genetically predisposed or have it in their family or have trauma or any of those things. Like we've, we just come up with all these reasons. Um, because I, I had none of that. I didn't have it in my genetics. I didn't have trauma, you know, to speak of, obviously everybody has some stuff in their childhood, but there's nothing, nothing really to speak of. Um, and you know, I, my first drink didn't feel like, oh my gosh, I need this for the rest of my life. You know, mm -hmm. you're saying you didn't even drink at home alone. Like I didn't drink at home alone for a very long time. It was very, you know, near kind of it, the end of my drinking that it was like a by myself sort of thing. I remember getting my husband this card that said, it's not drinking alone if, if the kids are home. Yeah. <laughs> There's one, again, funny, not funny. Uh, not drinking alone if the dog is home, whatever. But, um, but anyway, so it... But because alcohol was fine, unless you're having addictive personality, genetically predisposed, all of these things we tell ourselves because it was fine, I just didn't approach it with any caution. And, and you know, I now, um, so I drank for more than a decade pretty heavily and, um, and very heavily at the end, like at least, you know, very close to two bottles of wine, if not more than two bottles of wine a night, depending how early I started drinking. Yeah. And I now like do take a liver support supplement and I think my liver is really healed, but I think that it's not, you know, where it could be. And our livers are so important to our bodies. <laughs> they detoxify oh. us. They, they make yes. it so that we can process all the chemicals we're putting in our bodies and all the food that isn't perfect and ideal and just, you know, even everything. And, and so to read this article, I was just like, oh gosh, it's, it's because we don't have caution because we've developed this false idea that somehow alcohol is only harmful to certain people. And yeah, maybe certain people are more predisposed to addiction. Like I'm not going to argue that I'm not going to, and nobody's found the gene, but like, let's not have that argument. Let's just, let's just focus on the fact that alcohol is harmful to beings because it's alcohol, you know? So maybe certain people will quicker, you know, lose everything and end up kind of, you know, in a rock bottom situation. But it doesn't mean that if you go and, you know, it's not certain people that are drinking, it's the majority of adults are drinking. And the majority of adults are drinking at levels that are crazy um, and much higher than whatever could be healthy, although they've said no amount is healthy now. And pretty definitively, although that study seemed to have be buried quite quickly, but there's, you know, really, yes. they did a meta-analysis and said, you know, really none is healthy. Um, although that's not, you know, being widely shared or even known. And I mean, it's just, there's so much profit tied up in it. And, but people are, you know, almost dying because I, I mean, if I had to, to go down the conspiracy theory route, just on a, I'm totally on a tangent here. 
because of this article, but if I had to go down the conspiracy theory route, you know, what a better way to make drinking totally mainstream than by saying, oh, certain people and you're not one, right? Like what a better way to say, okay, this thing that's ethanol that you put in your gas tank, you can put it in your body because you don't have these genes. You don't have this history of trauma. You don't have this family history. So, so you're fine. Just don't be like them, you know? And, and I like, huh. And I'm not saying that like, you know, it came from the industry or whatever, but what, what genius <laughs> if it did, it certainly sells a lot of alcohol, right? Definitely. And people just approach it. It's just packaged up as fun and, you know, it will relax you socializing. It's just packaged up that way. That's how people approach it. Like with no, no regard to that. It is potentially dangerous that it is a drug, anything like that. It's just, you know, now that I've stopped drinking, especially going through Christmas and New Year's, I mean, Christmas time, I just felt like I was in a fume of alcohol everywhere I went because people just drank all the time. It was really quite amazing. Um, and I think one of the reasons I probably drank for as long as I did, because it didn't, for me, didn't really affect my weight. Um, and the only way it affected my health is with the horrendous hangovers. But before a night out, I'd get ready and I usually, you know, I exercise five or six times a week. I eat really healthy. So by the time I went out, I was looking good. I felt really healthy. I felt like I was at the top. The next morning after alcohol, it took me to my very bottom level where I felt horrendous. I didn't feel fit, healthy. And it took about a week to get me to feel back to being good again and it was just that continuous cycle um and I think yeah I think because it didn't cause me any major health problems thank goodness that I kind of ignored I I ignored what it would what it was actually potentially doing to my body which was nothing good yeah it's so nothing true. good so true. and it, it was I think I was in the same boat, like, um, you know, I was generally healthy and it's, so it wasn't, you know, so quick. And sometimes, you know, I'd meet people and they'd be like, oh, I can't, I can't really drink. It makes me feel really bad or it makes my face flush or it makes this or that. And I'm like, well, how easy would it be? Right. Like how easy would it be if it was just something really overtly physical that that was happening. But it's one of those things where, you know, day in, day out, you don't, you don't notice it and and you can't see something like you know the the damage that alcohol causes in the brain and the body it's it's not symptomatic for the most no hangovers are clearly very symptomatic right and so you think we've connect the dots but again we've even found a way to convince ourselves that hangovers are a badge of honor i mean yeah good for me i can be the most hungover one in the party and still show up and here's my you know 40 ounces of coffee and I got whatever. And so we even find a way to kind of convince ourselves that those are a good thing. But like we, we willingly put something in our body that's going to make us feel like we have the flu. Yes, it is. I look back and it is just crazy. And you know, when I used to be out, it wouldn't really matter what I was doing the next day. If I was drinking, that really, it was not like it wasn't going to happen, but it just didn't matter um 
I didn't care if I had to get up at seven, whatever it was, I would just, if I was in that zone, I would be in that zone for the whole night. And I'm not the person, I don't think I've ever said, I've had too much alcohol, I'm going to stop now. That's not me. I'm a, I've had too much, give me another glass of wine. <laughs> so that, yeah, that, um, that was, that, that was how I would roll when I was, yeah, when I was drinking. So yeah, to think that I've stopped, I still, sometimes I'm like, I just feel really lucky that I've been able to do this. Um, and yeah, it's been, it's been an amazing shift in my life. I guess it hasn't, you know, even though I said it was like flicking a switch and I don't want to drink anymore, which is still true. There's been challenges like, which I wasn't expecting the first time I went on a holiday because on holiday, you know, it's okay to have wine with lunch or wine kind of anytime for me after midday didn't really, you know, and I didn't really think about it, but I got on holiday and I'm like, Oh, I'm not drinking. What? And that was probably, that's, that was a bit challenging, but I got through it. It was just about changing, you know, your mindset and just, um, for me, having different alternatives, I love having a mocktail and and there are times when I'm like, oh, you know, I wish I could just drink like everyone else and that sort of stuff. But for me, I'm like, that's not something I can do. I can do other things that people can't do. But for me, I just, you know, I just can't go out and drink and not put any thought into it. Um, and for me, I've, I've realised just not drinking is the most easiest, easiest option for me. Some people are like, can you have one? And I'm like, yeah, I can, I can probably have one, but I don't want to have one because it's just, it's, it's a door to a world I, I don't want to go back into. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that loving yourself enough, or at least respecting your body enough, respecting yourself enough, respecting your life force enough to find that truth out for yourself, you know, um, is just so, it's such a gift. It's such a beautiful thing to give yourself in your life. And um, I love it so much. It, yeah, it has. Yeah, I feel very, very grateful that um, that I've decided to stop drinking and being able to do it. Um, the other thing I've struggled with is really being open and transparent with friends because when I first stopped, uh, you know, I didn't want to tell anyone who was going to be like, but why you have to drink? What are you doing? Um, you know, I could, I didn't feel like I could deal. Could, I didn't feel like I could answer that well enough for them or convincing enough, I guess, but as time moves on, I'm getting better at that. Um, and I'm really surprised at some, actually most people's reactions, most people are like, this is amazing. You've made a great decision. You know, one of my friends last week said, I think you've made the best decision for yourself that you can. Um, so that's been great. My family have been wonderful. Um, my dad, whenever he hears I'm going out, he goes, don't, Melissa, don't drink now. Come on. And I'm like, it's okay, dad. It's not going to happen. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, but you know, there's been some friends who I used to drink a lot with and that's kind of what they expect from me that maybe it's been a bit more, it's been a bit more challenging for them 
to hear that I've what I've decided or what I'm doing um, and I think it'll be interesting to see how those friendships progress um, because yeah alcohol is not the common denominator anymore and I think like you said in your book when you tell people you're stopping drinking it really holds a mirror up to them and to their behavior um, and I think kind of negative responses it's not about you and your decision it's about that person and what they're deciding to do yeah it is so true it's yeah true. but luckily I haven't had too many of them at all so which is good which is really good that's great um so uh I'm going to ask you the question I kind of ask at the end of all of these which is if you were going to go back and tell yourself what life is like now, what would you tell yourself? I would tell myself that life is so much better than you could ever believe without alcohol. Um, you know, I tell myself, if you think it's good now with drinking and alcohol, you just won't even believe what it's like on the other side. Like it just is amazing. Um, and it just, it opens up a whole new world and I think you get so much better clarity about who you are and how you want to live your life and like what you enjoy. Um, and it's all there waiting for you. If you, uh, yeah, once you do make that decision. Yeah. Um, and I've learned that, you know, if something's boring cause you're not drinking and I'm pretty sure you said in your book, it's because it's boring, <laughs> you know, alcohol was just distracting you from that fact that it was boring. So that's been a really big thing for me as well. Well, yeah, that's so true. It, yeah. And just being really present to what you really want to do with your time. I mean, alcohol um, makes it so easy to, to be a people pleaser and to do things that you don't actually want to do because you numb yourself through it. And so like yes. when you take it away, you have to become almost ruthlessly honest, which is such a gift to yourself and actually to others, right? Because you really have to show up. And then the things that, the things that you're showing up for, um, you're really showing up for. I, this is a totally random thing, but I think it ties in here. I was um, reading just a little story recently. And basically in the story, the, the woman was talking about her husband and how she had gone out and she had bought this new shirt for their date night or whatever. And so she was all excited about it and she showed up in her new top and she was sitting there and it was like, you know, she was expecting him to say something and she's like, do you like my top? And he's like, not really. <laughs> and she was like all bummed and she's like, oh my gosh. And then she talked to him about it and he's like, look, I want my word to mean something. Like I would tell you if I love it. I want it when you're 90 and you're wrinkled and we're in bed together and I tell you you're the most beautiful thing in the world. I want it to carry weight. And, yes. and if I'm not, if I'm just telling you what you want to hear right now, like it might not carry weight. And I was like, Oh, that's really interesting. And I feel like it's so true because now for me, when I say, yeah, I want to go do that. I actually really want to go do it. And, and guess what? I'm not trying to either be on my phone or waiting for it to get over or regretting it on the way there or regretting it on the way home or getting drunk. So I don't have to be part of it. Like 
none of those things are happening because I'm actually doing the things that I want to do with my life. And it like, it carries weight and it feels so good. It takes a while. It is painful to get from here to there. I will tell you that. Like there's a lot of growing pains in becoming the person who can gracefully say no. Um, It has been a very long journey for me, but it is really awesome to live really, truly authentically. Um, Yes. And I think, yeah, not drinking does really allow you to do that. Definitely. Yeah. It allows, it even forces you to do it because you can't. It it does force you. (laughs) Yes. There's no, there's no hiding now. Um, One thing I do have to remember when I'm out with people that are drinking, because I'm not drinking, I think that everyone's, you know, on the same plane as me. But then I'm like, oh, hang on, they're drinking or they're getting drunk and behaving differently. So I do have to keep that in mind because, um, yeah, it kind of can change the dynamics of situations. But it's so lovely to remember everything, like every word I say, every word someone else says, that's, yeah, that's the best thing. And not having any more hangovers ever, like I do not ever want one of those again. Yeah, that's so good. Uh, thank goodness. <laughs> Never have to do that again. I've, I goodness. feel like that so much, even, you know, years in, I'm like, when I really think about it, I'm like, thank goodness. Or if you go, I remember we went to the rodeo a few weeks ago and it was super fun, but man, it's a, I mean, I say it's a boozy place. Everywhere is a boozy place. Let's be honest. Yes. But like the rodeo is a boozy place too. And, uh, you know, we're walking through and I'm just seeing people who are just drunk and I'm like, oh, I'm so glad not to be there anymore. You know, I'm so glad not to be pushing my stroller with my 40 ounces of beer and my, you know what I mean? Like, it was just like, thank goodness, just we're not there anymore. And yeah, being present with your kids, like when, when you do something like that with your kids, my focus before was on, okay, where's the beer? Where's the drinks? You know, how much can we have? How much is too much? Blah, blah, blah. Just so consumed with that. And now my focus is literally on like seeing their wonder at seeing a huge steer or, you know, what's happening in like whatever it is. And it's, it's like, wow, I was missing so much. And is it always comfortable to be really present with three kids? No, because they kick and scream and fight and, you know, want a lollipop every other minute and all this other stuff. But there was so much that by tuning that stuff out or numbing that stuff down that I was missing that, you know, I'm not anymore. It's really awesome. It is quite amazing. I feel very lucky. So great. Well, thank you so much, Melissa. It's been really a pleasure to hear your story and get to know you a little bit. And I, I really appreciate it. Awesome. Thank you so much, Annie. It's been lovely to chat to you and lovely to see you on the screen. Thank you for all your hard work and everything you're doing for everyone on this journey. It really means a lot. So thanks heaps. Oh, you're so welcome. All right. Well, have a wonderful day and we'll talk. Okay. Okay. Thank you. You too. Bye. 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 Hi, are you looking to connect with like-minded people? Sometimes maybe you feel like 
as someone who knows all this information from the snake in mind or the alcohol experiment that you're living in a world of muggles and people just don't speak your language. That is why I created The Exchange. The Exchange is an online community where we meet face-to-face, live video calls multiple times a week with people from all over the globe just to connect, to have somewhere you're seen and you're heard and you feel less alone and really that you can give back and get the support you need. So if this sounds great to you, check it out at thisnakedmind.com backslash exchange. And as always, rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast as it truly helps the message reach somebody who might need to hear it today.